Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Hey, have you ever found that in uh, your faith journey, and of course I'm talking to those who have been part of the faith, if, uh, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, that's okay, you're not alone, but I'm talking to the people of faith. Have you ever found in your faith journey that there are always remember when and remember the time moments in your faith? Um, there's always a remember when and a remember the time. You know, remember when we went and we had that worship night and it, it was just the mo- most amazing thing and I just experienced the presence of God in a way that changed me. Or remember the time that we went to sink camp and we were terrified about our cabins and wondering if we're going to call mum and dad to come and pick us up. <laughs> or remember the time you're a parent of a kid going to sink camp and you're wondering if you're going to have to go down there at one o'clock, right? There are, we remember when and remember the time moments in our faith. And at the centre of those moments, I would dare to suggest in your life and mine, is Generosity which is a weird way to think about it. But you think about maybe the friend invited you to church. Maybe there was a camp put on. Maybe you were really, really nervous and someone uh, rocked up to church for the first time and maybe this is you today and and you thought that Christians were a whole bunch of weird, fuddy-duddy people and that that if you walked into a church building that like the whole building was going to crumble and like the gates of hell were going to swallow you and, and then there was just open arms. Hey, how you doing? Remember when I found that church wasn't what I thought it was. In that moment, there's always an act of generosity, someone living beyond themselves, someone who is serving, someone who is investing, someone who is giving of themselves in that moment. And that's what we've been talking about for the last three weeks, to which some of you would say, no, we're not, Sam, you've been talking about money for three weeks. You know, you're hitting us up with money. And of course, I was teaching us to do what we, (laughs) we all think that we know how to do, but we really don't know how to do. And that is to be generous, because everyone gives, but not everyone is generous. Big difference. And so we've been learning how to be generous, because the heart of this is, I said up front, let's just frame this up, I do not want you to give. At the end of today, there will not be lights down, prayer cards, 6-8 style music, so it's just emotional, and people will not be coming to the front. That's not what I want you to do today. We want to seed a culture of generosity because everyone gives but not everyone is generous and here's my heart for you as a pastor this is the last one of this series to which a whole bunch of you just gone amen we get the giving stuff out of the way (laughs) here's what i want for you as a pastor and as your pastor is that if there be anything that you have at the end of this series, at some point in time, it may not be today, it may be in a month, it may be in six months, but I want you to have a courageous, audacious act of generosity and obedient generosity that's going to cost you something. That's what I want for you. And that doesn't have to be towards Northside, that doesn't have to be in the form, as we'll see today, of money or whatever. A courageous act of generous obedience. And here's the reason why, because haven't you found in your, in your faith journey... That's how we grow. Ever noticed that? That, that it's when, days, that was the remember when. To, remember when we had that time when we stepped out in faith and we gave even though we didn't think we had the time or the money or the resources that we gave and God showed up. Have you ever had some of those remember when moments? And what happened? You grew in your faith. You grew, gen, generosity was the vehicle to growing a big faith, and that's what I want for you, is I want you to have a big faith. 
I don't want us to be, as Jesus cheekily called his disciples, oligopistoys. That sounds really snazzy in Greek, but it was a nickname that he gave his disciples. He called them little faiths. Oh, little faiths. I want you to have a big faith. And the way that we do that is by an audacious act of generous obedience to him. That act, that act when you feel, have you ever felt that internal nudge from God when he's calling you to do something or to step out in faith? Have you felt that nudge where you respond to that nudge? And that nudge, which by the way, some of you probably are already hearing the nudge. I don't need to tell you. This is the nudge that you've known because you feel it in your heart of hearts and you try and push it away. And then you'll hear a message at church and it'll pop back up. Or you'll read a devotional, it'll pop back up. Or a friend says something and it'll pop back up. And there's this nudge of like God is saying, I want you to start something or do something or step out in faith for me. And I want you to do it. And we don't do it. Why? Because we feel scared. Audacious, courageous act of generous obedience where God, like you need to show up here in all of this. And when we say yes to God in that way, not knowing what's going to happen, that's how we grow in our faith. Remember I said the other week that faithfulness begets faithfulness. We take the step of faith and God is faithful and he delivers and it begets more faith and faithfulness begets faithfulness begets faithfulness and faith gets big. This making sense? So, I, I know what it feels like. A number of years ago, um, I, I quit my job, my corporate job, to be a pastor. And who would do that? Like, it was such a ridiculous thing at the time that my boss at Multiplex, um, she thought I was lying. She, <laughs> when I went into her office and said, oh, I'm, I'm resigning, she thought I was lying. She, she was angry. She was like, you know, well, if you're just going to go to someone else, you know, at least have the decency to not make up some sort of story about going to the church <laughs> and, and, and talk about a, a crazy act of God. I'm out there at lunch about uh, in the city 10, 10 years later with um, Eliel de la Cruz, if some of you remember Eliel. He was one of our elders back in the day. And Eliel and I are having lunch and he says, um, uh, come into the office and see where I work. And we walk into his his office and, um, and, and there pops in his boss, Michelle, and he says, this is my boss, Michelle, and, and he says, this is Sam, and Michelle goes, yeah, I know Sam, and, and, and he said, well, oh, well, meet my pastor, how do you know Sam? <laughs> it was the boss, <laughs> the boss that thought I was just doing something else, but it was, a, it was a remember when moment, remember that time I quit the job and the boss got angry, well, dash, audacious act of, of generous faith of living beyond myself. Now, I'm not for a second saying that you all need to quit your jobs and become pastors. It would be great for the kingdom. And if you want to, we'll have a chat about it later. But I'm saying there's a nudge within you that God has within you. And this, by the way, is how you get deep in your faith. You heard that word? You know, here's like deep is not, you know, I've been a lot of places where, you know, people think deep is when uh, the preacher says something that you don't understand, like oligopistoi. And you kind of turn to the person next to you and say, did, what did, he just said something weird. What is that? I don't know. I think he said oligopistoi. Is that Greek? Yeah, it's Greek. It's kind of what well, sounds good, doesn't it? Mm, that's a deep message. Right? And if, we say th- and if I say enough things that you don't understand, you go, and I go, I go to a deep church. But let's not be misunderstood, church. And I had a great chat with a new Christian about this over, over lunch who's still kind of beating himself up this week because he hasn't remembered Bible verses. Guys, deep is not information, it's transformation. It's big faith that happens when you walk out in courageous obedience to God. Deep is not funny Greek words in the middle of a sermon. 
And so we want to have big faith. And the way that that happens is through living beyond ourselves and through generosity. And so as we finish this series, I want to talk about like how, how do you learn to be generous? And it's really important to note that, you know, of course, we've talked about money over the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to major on money today because generosity is not less than money, but it's certainly a lot more than money. It's wonderfully more. And we'll see from an example of the early church of one of the greatest remember when moments in history. This remember when moment for this church. Um, It was such a remember when moment that people wrote it down. And they wrote it down in this thing called the Book of Acts, um, which is if you're a newer Christian, that is not like an implement that you use to chop down trees. The book of Acts, A-C-T-S, the Acts of God and the Acts of the Apostles. And they wrote this down and said, do you remember the time when the gospel of God came, the message of Jesus came into people's lives in such a powerful way that people of different races and ethnicities were doing church together and they sold a whole bunch of their stuff in order to care for those that were in Do you remember when the church was like that? It was the most amazing remember when moment. And here's what we have in the book of Acts. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Do you remember when the church was going off? Remember when we had this crazy thing that we were all together? Do you remember when the church corporately was radically generous? That's what we see there. So if you want to learn to be generous, if you want to know what generosity looks like, we see core principle of generosity from this passage here and that generosity is the indiscriminate giving away of your love, your lifestyle and your loot. If you want to know what radical generosity is, it's the indiscriminate giving away of your love, your lifestyle and your loot. We see that from this passage here in verse 44. First of all, it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They're giving away their love. Because all the believers, underline that, if any one of you has a physical Bible left in this room, you can underline it or highlight it. All the believers, who were they? They weren't just Jewish. We've come out out of Pentecost, we've come out of like all people from all nationalities, ethnicities, different socioeconomic backgrounds, the rich and the poor, everyone was there together. It says all the believers were together and had everything in common. What does this? The indiscriminate giving away of their love. Their love to people who are not like them. They gave away their love. Oh, you're from, you know, oh, what, what, you're Greek, I'm Jewish. What? what? Hey, come in, hang out. <laughs> well, you know, you, you've, you're from that side of Jerusalem? Mm, haven't gone there much, but come in. It was an indiscriminate giving away of their Love. They were loving people who were radically different from them when the gospel had come into their lives. To which we say, well, hang on, how's that generosity? And I don't know about you, look at the world around us. You know, how often are people loving to people who are different than themselves? How, how loving are we diff- to people who are 
that different from us. Jesus understood this. It's why he said, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. In other words, it's the default position of the world just to be nice to the people who are like you. And it's something wonderfully, beautifully generous to love people who are different from you, to welcome them in and be open to them. So, for example, you know, don't discriminate people when you go into a a room. Don't be discriminating when you go into a room, to which you say, I don't do that, but hang on, case study, work with me, class. You know, what, what, what's it like, you know, when you, when you go into a networking event or you, you go into a party for the first time and you push through the awkward sink camp style nerves uh, that you have when you go into that room because you don't know anyone, what do we do with our cups of coffee? What do we do with our little drink that we've got in our hand? We, we scan the room and is it just me? We just scan the room and we, we look at what people wear and how they've dressed and we go, are they, are they going to be like me? Are they going to like me? Are they my person? Are they my style? Have they got skinny jeans? Have they... (laughs) Right? Is it just me? I'll look at you all wonderfully silent. (laughs) It's natural for us that we do this. We discriminate when we... Who are the people who are like me and would like me? And generous people don't do that. They're indiscriminate with their love of people around them. And so that will be the case, you know. Talk about generosity. You'll get to practice this in about 15 to 20 minutes if I'm well behaved and I keep this sermon short. But in about 15 to 20 minutes, we'll do announcements, do a rah-rah. Sam will say something about ministry after the church, blah, blah, blah. He does that every week. And you will be forced to come to a decision in your own minds as you look around the room. First of all, am I going to just run the gauntlet past the pastor out the front door and get off to brunch? And if you've got a lunch date today, that's okay. That's fine. You've got permission to go. Or you're going to stand there and say, am I going to talk to my people or am I going to talk to that person who I've never met before and looks wildly different from me? But you know what? This morning, I'm just going to be generous. That's what makes the church beautiful, the indiscriminate giving away of your love. Now, the next level, that's Christianity 101. The next level is the indiscriminate giving away of your lifestyle. If you think being generous with a coffee after church is one thing, wait for this. <laughs> the, it, it then says... Then every day they continued to meet in the temple courts and then they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So crazy was this church that not only were they eating with people that they were never normally supposed to be eating and hanging out with in church, they invited them home. This is crazy. This is ridiculous. They invited them back to their house. The indiscriminate giving away of your lifestyle. The point here is God has given you a wonderful gift in abundance that you don't need to be blessed by him in some special prayer in order to give this away because you've already got it. It's your home. The indiscriminate giving away of their home, to which uh, I know I'm talking to crow's nesters and Sydney siders here. You know, this goes one of two ways. You know, my home, it goes one way. It's like, Sam, have you seen my schedule this week? I've worked 78 hours this week. I don't have time to have people in my home. Uh, and so where do I just write the check? Because, um, you know, if I could just write the check and get on with the job and do what I've got to do. At the other end of the spectrum is the other person living in Sydney that says, home? There's no such thing as home. It's better described as a shoebox. I live in a shoebox. I live in a two-bedroom shoebox. What I'm going to do with anyone in the shoebox? And what I want to say to you is whether it's your schedule or your shoebox, your home is the places where you love to live. 
Your home is the places, if you've travelled overseas, and I know it's north side, it means um, eight-tenths of you all will travel overseas um, before Christmas, all of us, we love to travel, right? Home is when you come back and you go, I just want a good Aussie steak. You know, you've been in America for three weeks, I just need a good steak, you know, or I just need to go down to the beach and just the sand between my toes, or I just need to go and sniff a gum leaf, right? <laughs> in other words, home... Home are the places where you love to live, not your shoebox. And so the indiscriminate giving away of your lifestyle is to invite people into the places where you love to live. And this is why it's really simple. It's like, hey, do you want to you come have a steak with me? Hey, do you, uh, you want to come down the beach? We're going to the beach. The weather's warm. It's uh, 34 degrees. We're going to go to the beach. You want to come catch the bus? We're going to go to the beach. Um, and look, don't ask someone to sniff a gum leaf with you. That will just sound weird. <laughs> okay? Right? Maybe go for a, do you want to go for a walk in the national park? And of course, home for the Haddon family, of course, is all of that. It's eating meals together, it's going to the beach, it's a walk in Karingai National Park. Do you think that's easy enough to do? Here's, and here's, here's the quick test in it all. If you're willing to do this, and I know all of those from a Pentecostal background will have no problem doing this, but raise your hand in church if... Um, raise your hand if... You were not born in Sydney and you have moved to Sydney. Have we got some courageous ones to say that? Take a look around, church. Keep them up. Keep them up. Come on, you brave South Africans out there. I know, we've dealt with it. They all sit in that corner. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay, you can put your hand down. Um, if you were born here, put your hand up. Okay, I talked to all of you. Right. I mean, put your hands down. Can you imagine the power for every person that put their hand up and not being born here in a city that is so cold and so closed off and so clicky? The power of someone simply saying, hey, do you want to come for a walk down at Balmoral? Do you mind if I just invite you into the places that I love to live? And I know for many of you, part of the reason why you love being at this church or part of the reason why you are at this church is because someone opened up their life to you. That someone's sitting down there at Cremorne Point, eating a South African bra, is that what I call it, Mike? Right. A South African barbecue, and people just walk up and go, is that a South African barbecue? And it's the yeah, bra. Right? <laughs> and they're, they're, and they're, with strangers become friends, and friends have become family. Because people opened up their lifestyle. That's generosity. The opening up of indiscriminate love, of indiscriminate lifestyle. And then, of course, the indiscriminate giving away of your loot. That's the Jerry Maguire section of this sermon. Show me the money. Show me the money. And I'm not... (laughs) Look, I'll just be really simple on this. If you are opening up your love indiscriminately to people, and if you are opening up your lifestyle to people, then guess what? Of course, it's going to cost you. And so, this giving away of your loot is a byproduct of opening your life up to people. And this is one of the most inconceivable, incomprehensible displays of generosity that the church throughout history has ever seen. Take a look at this verse. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone in need. And some of you are freaking out because you're thinking, is this the sermon where Sam says that I've got to go sell my house or my investment property in order to give it to the church? No. 
If I'm being really real with you, and we saw this in one of the most amazing stories that we've seen through the generosity devotional, maybe the person who was courageous enough to say their story that they've got a range of different investments that they're using as a way to quell their fear of scarcity, then maybe for that person, this verse applies. Only God will know what it means for you in your heart in terms of what you're holding on to as an idol in your life. But one of the most radical examples of generosity, they sold their property and gave to everyone in need. And here's what they got, and here's what I think I want us to get, because I don't think they did this because Peter got up and he preached a cracker sermon on generosity, and they're like, wow, man, and they turned the lights down in Jerusalem, and it was a 6-8 song, and there was a giving card, and they sold pro- I don't think it happened that way. I think here's what the early church discovered, and here's what I want us to discover. That there is joy when you turn your stuff into stories. They discovered there's joy. They're like, I've got this stuff. But the God of the universe is broken in and there's this whole new narrative by what we're living by. And I'm kind of like, I've got, I got stuff or I've got a... I could create a story. You know, most wonderfully, I was up at Taramara last week preaching when I, when I was up there at our Taramara campus. And up there, I found tucked away in the offices as I was preparing for my message, I would get ready to go down and talk. I found in there um, 50 years of the North Taramara Church of Christ, which is what they were called before, you know, we adopted them and gave them our snazzy Northside name and all the branding stuff that goes on with that, right? But the heart of it, 50 years of North Taramara Church of Christ. And you know what I saw in that booklet? I I didn't see like 15 pages of budgets and financial reports. I saw stories of like faith and vision of this core group that went out of the Chatswood Church of Christ in order to reach the upper north shore of Sydney and so they plan a church. And I saw photos of people with shovels and a working bee on, on a driveway that I now park on every Sunday that I go up there to preach. And, and I saw youth groups and young kids in old kind of like old school 70s photos and weird hair and all the rest of it and their version of sink camp and drastic and and I, and I saw old, old people cooking scones together and, and, uh, and, and doing life and community together. And, and what I saw in that booklet was a 50-year accumulation of people taking their stuff and turning it into stories. The indiscriminate giving away of your loot. The early church got it, and I hope that we get it. That of course, every now and then we're going to talk about money because we're in the business of taking money and turning it into memorable moments in the church. And at at, at times, as a not-for-profit, the more resource we have to do with that, and if we steward that well, the more money, the more memories. That's what we want to do for people. It's not a sermon about giving. It's a sermon about being generous. It's a sermon about wondering whether or not we will discover the joy of turning our stuff into stories, the indiscriminate giving away of your love, your lifestyle, and your loot. And you know what? I heard a story about that this week in this church. That's simple sort of stuff, but it was from one of our uh, older ladies. Went out for lunch last week with a bunch of our young couples. And a generational gap this big. And I mean that in the best possible way. And they invited her out to lunch and she was there. And one of the guy's wife who's kind of checking out church and on the periphery, she was there. And the other crew were there and they're offering to give her a lift home and I've got this picture of like this you know 60 something year old and a whole bunch of young adults and a couple and all the rest of it all doing lunch together on a Sunday and I think to myself where in the world does that happen you know where it happens it happens in the church of Jesus Christ 
for people who live beyond themselves. And so we see this happening time and time again. And you know what? We could turn up and we can, we can be here on a Sunday and we can do the Tim Tams and we can gather together and think that we've got everything in common like that, but that's not the church. The church is when there's skin in the game. The church is when in every one of these aspects, our love, our lifestyle and our loot, we come into this place prepared to give. We go out into that place, the world, prepared to give and to live beyond ourselves. And so my question simply this morning for you, and it's been the question at the beginning of the series, because we saw this torturous device, what is one area, <laughs> one more stretch further in generosity for you? If you're going to do anything, if there be any movement today, if there be any action point today, remember I told you with this shoe stretcher, we were applying a shoe stretcher to the soul and all I wanted to do over the last three weeks is just go, rit, 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 and I just wanted to expand your soul just that little bit further, but I can't do it. And you know the crazy thing, the Lord of the universe can't do it. Only you and your desire and your will, that nudge that you feel in your soul is going to take you into what area of your life, whether it is love, lifestyle or loot, what is one stretch, one thing that you can do to grow deeper in generosity. And here's how you learn, by the way, to be generous. First of all, pay attention to the tension. Some of you have been doing this as you've been doing the generosity devotionals. Pay attention to the tension and listen to the conversations, not of everyone else around you, the conversation you're having in your head, the conversations you have, you've been having with me for the past 20 minutes, the conversations that you had when we started this series. Well, I thought it was all about just good deeds. Well, I'm not sure if I believe that theology. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not, this is all just a stitch up. Pay attention to the tension and listen to the stories because under there may be, when you listen to those things, the areas that God wants to grow you. There is joy when we turn our stuff into stories. That's God's promise. And so as we learn to be people who are generous, part of um, the wonder of all of this is imagine a place where we continue to see lives poured out for the sake of other lives. The indiscriminate giving away of our love and our lifestyle and our loot. That would be a place, can you imagine, that is radically different from the world that is around us. Jesus says, where your heart is, your treasure will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. There is no investment, trust me, in this world that will last. You could put it all into a little vault under a mountain in Switzerland and in 10,000 years it will all crumble to the ground whilst we are up there singing for 10,000 years, shining bright as the sun. Your earthly treasures will be crumbling away under a mountain in Switzerland, except for one type of investment, the sort of investment whereby taking your stuff and turning it into stories and paying it forward into the kingdom of God, you send those stories into eternity. And maybe, just maybe, as you live lives beyond yourself, you will become a remember-when moment in someone's life. <laughs> you remember when... Remember when Shannon did that for me? Remember when we just came out of nowhere? <laughs> remember when Lisa like just, just showed up? And remember when Matt like, just it was so unexpected? Remember when Ben he just It's the remember when moments, and at the heart of them, almost more than ever, is an act of audacious, courageous generosity. Let's pray. Father. I pray for each and every one of us, including myself in this moment, our Lord, that you would be nudging our hearts towards the one thing that you want to grow us in. One thing that we don't feel like we have, the one thing that we think we lack. 
The one thing that we feel that is just, you're asking too much of us, Lord. Whatever that one thing is, that nudge, maybe this be another one of those moments where you bring that to the surface this morning, Lord. Would you do business with us in this moment? It's not about information, it's about transformation. Lord, we need to be shifted by you and your Holy Spirit. I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice, whether it's in this room, whether it's live with us, whether it's back on a YouTube clip six months from now. Father, would you take each of us one step further into lives of generosity? And in so doing, we await to see the ways that you will work. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.